In this podcast, we are talking about the impact the virus has had on real estate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, super interesting topic. Yeah. This virus, I think it's changed the world in a mm-hmm. lot of ways uh, from a business perspective and uh, specifically in, in, in real estate. So have you noticed any trends? Like I, I see a bunch out there. Have you noticed any trends yeah. that have that have kind of taken hold because yeah, of this? Yeah, absolutely. So do you want to talk local? Do you want to talk? Well, uh, let, let's yeah, talk we just, about... Um, well, let's let's first talk about what has happened to the banks. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so let's come from a banking perspective. So what I have noticed is, um, especially on the larger properties, the banks are very, well, here's the thing. Banks are very hesitant to lend on retail, commercial. Mm-hmm. They're very hesitant to lend on office yeah. for obvious and reasons. More so because of COVID you're talking about. Right? For sure. Specifically. 100%. Yeah. This, this absolutely relates to COVID. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but what I have noticed too is um, on the larger properties that I'm going after in the US, there's like, like virus tax. So what I mean by that is you actually have to put down on, on Fannie and Freddie style loans. They have instituted something where you have to put down a year's worth of debt service in case like something wow. happens in the market, uh, the bank or, or the financial institution is, is covered for at least a year of debt so it's service. Like an insurance it's an insurance. insurance yeah. It's policy. like an insurance policy. So wow. that's definitely what I've noticed. I've also noticed a lot of, uh, banks are, are getting tighter. Uh, they, they don't, they're very, they're, they're very careful who they lend to these days. Um, and they're, they're more selective on the style of property and the properties are lending for as well. So yeah, definitely. that's, that's absolutely what I've noticed. Again, mostly going after the larger, uh, the larger residential, the larger residential apartment buildings yeah, I mean, and things like banks that. Banks are conservative <laughs> by nature. That's yeah, their business is to, for sure. is to limit risk. Mm-hmm. And when there's a big overhang of risk <laughs> for over sure. the entire country or the entire world, They've got to do their best to uh, uh, adjust for that risk. So definitely on the larger scale, uh, on the smaller scale, I'm, I'm assuming it's the same thing, right? Like, uh, so as an agent, I'm out there working with different buyers and, and some people have gotten laid off or their job has been interrupted, right? Yeah. Temporary layoff, then they're back, then they're laid off. Yeah. Banks don't like that. No. And these people that were out there looking to shop are now suddenly on pause because the the banks won't, won't lend to them yeah. because of this pause in their income, right? They want to see two years of consistent income. Mm-hmm. And blah, blah, blah. So that's been an impact as well. So one, one thing like that always comes to my mind is what, what's the opportunity here? If that's the case, right? If this COVID virus has limited the buyer pool, whether for small, multi, single family homes or large, multi, whatever, is this an opportunity? If you're pre, you know, if you can get funding, um, or if you are going after these properties and there's limited buyers, it's technically an opportunity, right? Or potentially for sure. I mean, Theoretically, there would be, but what's happening in our local market and even Southern Ontario and, and, and everywhere right now, you would think that yeah. that would happen where there would be less buyers because of it. But what are you seeing? You're, you're right. You'd think like, oh, wow, the, the buyer pool must be like limited by, I don't exactly. know, 30% at least. Yeah. But it's, it's, I don't know if that's the case. Maybe 30% less people are buying right now. I'm not sure. But what I do yeah. know is that there are tons of qualified buyers all across southwestern Ontario that are out there shopping right now. Uh, and there's way more buyers than there are there are sellers, even with COVID. So it's yeah. a little bit weird. Now, what I have seen, and, and I've talked to enough um, large lenders, 
um, they they are under the impression that what's happening from a banking perspective, a lot of people, or or from their perspective, a lot of people are very hesitant. Actually, I've spoken to a, a quite a bit of uh, like commercial lender or uh, commercial brokers as well. Um, what they are seeing is that people don't really want to sell right now because yeah, yeah. they're not really sure. Like the future is uncertain. So whenever you have uncertainty, people tend to hold on to their assets mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit longer. So yeah, it's reducing the the selling pool, right? It's reducing the the inventory on the market. Mm-hmm. And even in the U.S. and even in Canada, what are you seeing? You're, you're seeing the low the the I can't remember the the, the metric. The metric I don't I can't remember the name for it. But there's a metric where how how long would it actually Absorption rate. absorption rate. That's yeah. what it is. How long would the absorb- absorption rate be right now in the U.S. and Canada? It's the shortest it's ever been <laughs> yeah. in history. Yeah, and that's probably rate. a combination of less sellers and uh, tons of qualified buyers. Tons of qualified buyers Somehow, that are actually ready COVID, to buy. Yeah. And then not COVID. only that, I also feel like, like you have been mentioning, like real estate investing is like ridiculously hot right now. It's, it's got to be one of the one of the hottest topics. Got to be. It has to be. So, I think it's a mixture of of those. I, I don't think it's. I don't think like the virus has created this, you know, increase of demand. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, it's yeah. actually it's reduced supply. Yeah, so, not only has it reduced supply because people are hesitant to make any moves. They kind of want to just sit back, let the, you know, kind of like let the fog clear a little bit and then, then start making decisions. But what, what it's also done is you got to think like with these lockdowns, for example, right now in Windsor, you can't go below grade and start new construction. Mm-hmm. So what does that do for existing yeah. supply? Well, it impacts future supply. Future supply. Supply that should be coming online right now yeah. is now delayed. Delayed. Yeah. And then also like existing supply. There's mm-hmm. only so many existing, you know, homes on mm-hmm. the market, mm-hmm. right? That you could even sell mm-hmm. or that's even available. So it, it restricts it mm-hmm. heavily, actually. It's, yes. a, it's simple economics, simple supply. Yeah, I think demand. a lot of people are, they're afraid to move. They're afraid mm-hmm. to be out they're, They don't, they don't want to sell their homes because they're literally afraid of dying or whatever the case is, right? Elderly people yeah. or whatever. So a lot of people are sitting put. From an anecdotal perspective, the number of listings that I'm seeing right now hit the market daily is about a third of what no, would normally be hitting the market. Well, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Then. But the yeah. buyer pool hasn't limited. If you need a house, you need a house. Mm-hmm. The people are still shopping. Because especially with the rising prices, they're feeling mm-hmm. desperate. They say, I better get in now before it's yeah. too late. I see that a lot. Yeah. Buyers haven't stopped. Sellers have definitely slowed down. Yeah. Future supply is limited. Also, future supply is going to be even more expensive now. I think COVID is going to cause big time inflation yeah. on the upcoming supply. For sure. Um, it, it, construction costs have skyrocketed because these lockdowns are putting certain places out of out of work. Yeah, and You can only have four people framing your house now yeah. at a time. So yeah. that limits your ability to, to go quickly. For sure. Yeah. Profits, Everything. Raise prices, lumber costs, L- lumber, you know, lumber fields are down or, or, uh, or, or whatever you want to call those things. Like those are down those certain things. Certain other things are, uh, are, 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 are like a, in a chokehold mm-hmm. kind of situation where, you know, people don't want to work. They want, they'd rather go home on CERB or whatever. So, so it, it's, it's restricting material, 
uh, housing supply. Like it's, it's restricting everything. Yeah. So it's, it's reducing supply when demand is maybe. It's at an all time high. You think it's at an all time high? I believe so. Okay. So, so, so if it's an, I was going to say whether, regardless if it's at an all time high, mm-hmm. if it's the same or even a little bit below average, the fact of the matter is supply has been dramatically restricted. That's a good point, yeah. So yeah. R- no matter where, no matter what's coming online or what's available, it's irrelevant because supply has been so restricted. So yeah, you man. have major supply and yeah. demand issues. That's a good point. <clears throat> and I, I guess like w- there, there are a ton of qualified buyers mm-hmm. out there. We're, we're seeing it. So what has happened is a lot of these people, there's a shift, right? There's mm-hmm. a market shift happening right now. Um, away from smaller units like condominiums and the GTA and things like that to, um, you know, larger living spaces where people are now working from home. Now, I think the work from home uh, thing is permanent. Mm-hmm. I don't think I think a large percentage of people are going to be working from home forever. I don't know if you agree. I agree. You yeah. run multiple businesses. Like, what do you think? Um, like not everybody is going to no. Be, in in the stuff that I do, I I do find it inefficient to have people at home. Uh, it makes it makes things more difficult. It's it's and and it takes longer to get things done, which obviously is is you know time is money. Um, but I think a lot of companies are gonna start thinking, okay, well I pay X amount in rent, right? And say for example, if I can pay less in rent, even if productivity drops, if 10%, productivity drops. It's still worth it yeah, because if, if I'm, if my expenses are 20% less, but my productivity drops by 10, I'm still, I still might be there, right? There might be like a 10%, uh, you know, there, there might be a 10% spread there, but you know, and if all things being equal, but, um, I have noticed that when I have employees working at home, it is less efficient for sure. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and it's a factor of me also like, I like to move quick. So it, it does impede my ability to move quick, but I think that, uh, I think businesses with like very, very, very high expensive, le- you know, high price leases and, and, uh, and, and, you know, upkeep for their property or, or their, their, their leasehold improvements that they have to put in the, to their properties. I think that they're going to really sign, I think they're going to significantly look at that, um, I don't know how this will affect employees. I've seen a lot of uh, studies coming out where employees are not liking the work at home scenarios. They, they feel less productive. Um, they actually feel like they're putting in more hours because when they're at home, they're being distracted. They can't get enough done. So they have to like extend the work day out. You know, yeah. I've seen a few studies that way. Um, but I do think it will change. I, I think I think once you start giving people, whether they deserve it or not deserve it, autonomy like that, I think it's going to be difficult for them to go back. I think so as yeah. well. Yeah, because so, I, th- I think I think what a lot of people would rather have is I think they would rather work at home. But what they don't realize is those those two things is they're going to be less efficient. What's going to happen is they're their bosses will probably end up wanting to pay them less because, you know, now they're not driving into work. They're not having these extra expenses. So they're going to expect less. So they're going to earn less. Um, 
And then number three, I think that you will see because of the unproductive ability that some people have where they might have kids at home or whatever that doesn't allow them to be as productive and shut their mind off or, or like really zone in at home. Uh, they have to extend the day. So it's going to feel like they're putting in more hours and they're eventually maybe going to want to come back in person to work. Yeah. Super interesting topic. Like we, <clears throat> I guess we don't know exactly no. what percentage is going to change. We just know that it's changing to some, to, to some point to, yeah. to a point enough to affect real estate for sure. It's happening. Yeah. I'm seeing it. Yeah. Especially, um, negatively affect retail. Um, like th- time, this, yeah. this has, this virus has accelerated the online world by, like years, years, like yeah, a decades, yeah, even probably. maybe, maybe even like a decade. Yeah. It, it was happening, but yeah. this is it's clearly accelerated. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then, and then office space. You know, I, I that's the last thing I'd want to own right now. I'll tell you that. Yeah, um, definitely. And then, uh, and then, obviously, with residential, the uh, you know, like restrictions on supply and like increased demand. Yeah. It's single family homes now, right? People moving out of the condo need, needing more square footage. They want a home. They want a yard. Mm-hmm. That's, that's their, that's their workplace. Now mm-hmm. think about that. Mm-hmm. You're at home now, eight hours a day. You're not at the office anymore. That's what's driven Windsor's market uh, with rocket fuel as well. Mm-hmm. And, and basically all the other markets as well. Now the question is, Let's let's talk about this, right? Let's talk about the GTA. Would mm-hmm. you – right now there's a big influx of rental properties, condominiums, specifically downtown uh, Toronto. And what's mm-hmm. happened basically is there's no more Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. Those are all being rented now. So you have a bunch of rental properties. Rent rates are dropping, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Is that a short-term trend? What are your thoughts on investing in the GTA period, whether or not it's a condo or other type of investing? And is this a long-term thing or kind of a temporary blip? What's your opinion yeah. there? Thanks for tuning in to the Pull the Trigger podcast. Follow me on social media platforms at Lambo Lapdog. You can listen to this podcast on all major platforms. This podcast was brought to you by Canadian Protein, Canada's favorite protein and supplements. And Coachwood Capital, passive real estate investing made simple. What do I think about the GTA? Um, like, would you invest, like, would residential real estate, would you be buying in the GTA or looking? I don't think you were anyways. No, I wasn't. I, I've never been interested in the GTA. Um, I still like property to cash flow. Does, does, it just doesn't happen there. Um, if I came across a deal in the GTA, would I buy something? Yes. Hmm. Would, would that be residential, you think? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. What if it didn't cash flow? What if it was No, like- I, I'm still not a player for real estate that doesn't cash flow. I'm still hmm. not. So, hmm. so for me, I, I don't like those areas. So do you think that what's happening right now with the excess condos, because the, the residential real estate is as hot as ever, like single mm-hmm. family homes rocketing every day. It just seems to be the condominium market across the GTA that's being hit specifically downtown. Is this a temporary glitch or is this like a long-term trend where just people aren't living in condos anymore? Well, I think it's also um, a factor of like pre-construction. People just went fucking balls deep in oh, pre-construction. Yeah. 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 So I, I think that that's a major factor. Um, I, I, th- I think, I think a, when you have a city that has that many draws, I, I do think it will come back. I don't, I don't think there's like this, I don't think there's going to like still going to be this glut of 
condos in the market in the GTA mm. that are just going to like sit there forever. Mm. You know, I, I really don't. I think people got a little bit too, you know, overzealous and they, they built and built and built and built and built. And, you know, it was working for the last 20 years. So why, why wouldn't it work for this one year? But, you know, it might, it, again, we might just see a, a dip in the cycle and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think it's like, maybe just forces prices down a bit. That's it. And then, and then what I think is going to happen is say, for example, um, say prices get to the, to a certain point in the GTA for single family homes. And then people are like, well, that's too high. I'm just going to go buy this condo yeah. instead. Or not, I'm just going to, I don't have a choice. Yeah. So, so I don't, yeah. I don't think it's like, I don't think it'll end. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think that, I, I don't think like, like you were mentioning, there's, reports of like the con or the what was it the toronto market is dead like real estate is dead was that was oh, is that what you were saying i think jesse had mentioned what, do, uh, what did you say jesse what did you say a, oh it was an oh it was an uh a youtube ad what was it for for what somebody on amazon yeah okay never mind i thought you were talking about yeah yeah okay i thought you were talking about toronto real estate that's what i think he was talking about so no i i don't think i don't think that like real estate or co- the condo market for that matter in Toronto was dead. Mm-hmm. I think it'll come back for sure. There's, there's always going to be a point. Like you got to think like if you have a house for a million, but you can get a condo for five, like, and you can only afford five. Yeah. Like there, there's, is there, yeah. you know, there, there's, there's an affordability yeah. index here happening. Like you can't just like go buy what you can't afford. Right. Yeah. And then, and then people are, are always, well, do I, you know, they're going to weigh their options. So yeah, yeah. There, there's always going to play. Yeah. There's always going to be a place. Yeah. People will adapt to the market. They don't have a choice. Yeah, And I do think people market. will go end up going back to work to some extent. You know, maybe it won't be a hundred percent, but maybe, you know, even if it's 60% of people that want to go back to work, you got to think like, like people, people want to work these days, right? People want to earn, right? You can only be so effective if you have, you know, the majority of people have kids, they have families at home, mm-hmm. this and that. They, they can only be so productive yeah, when do, that's do all you, around. Let me, let me ask you this. Do you, like, if you're working for some big corporation, mm-hmm. like some big bank or something, do you really care about your productivity that much other than what they tell you that you need to do? No, no. I, I and I, I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I, I think that the motivated individuals probably, you know, I mean, to some extent, I, I can't see you, – you need a cohesive work environment to be very productive and to, to be efficient. And I don't, I don't think that comes with being at home mm-hmm. to There's some extent. Cert- in my, yeah, I agree. <clears throat> There's probably certain positions within a job uh, job or a big corporation that you just don't need them to be at the office. No, no and, and that's what yeah. I mean. Yeah, like you, you need I, – I feel like you really – you need the like core the – Yeah, you need a collaborative – a collaborative environment to really do things big. Like, like with us, like a lot of times we get together and like, I wouldn't have the same ideas that I have unless we were all discussing them. It's a collaborative. Yeah. And I, I don't think like being on a zoom call would have like yeah. this. It does just while well, you're first, distracted at home with your kids. It's and- very important. It's very important. Like humans are very reliant on in-person communication. Mm-hmm. You don't get the same thing on a fucking zoom call. Yeah. You just don't, it doesn't, ha- it doesn't happen. Like we're, we still need human interaction. You, mm-hmm. you really do. I don't know what I would do if I didn't see people for a year. Like I, I maybe I would go crazy. Yeah, I, I don't know. Confinement is one of the worst punishments. It, it, exactly. Uh, world, so, right? so 
I think it still is important. And, and I think for a very creative environment and a, and a, and a, an environment that needs to push forward and, and force creativity and change. I, you, I think you need a work, so, uh, an in, in-person work environment. So let's theorize this then. Let's say 10, 10 to 15% of the market for jobs is permanently affected and mm-hmm. stay at home. The rest will probably go back to that core structure mm-hmm. environment because that's what you need to run a successful business. But 10 or 15% is a pretty significant impact when there's already a limited supply of housing. You add 10 or 15 more percent more people mm-hmm. to that mix and you're potentially, you know, years before you can catch up to the supply. So, but interesting topic, uh, uh, nonetheless. And then one thing I think people don't think about as well, like for all these people that are, um, you know, people keep talking like, oh, they built too much supply or they're building too much in Windsor right now. But you got to think like all these immigrants that are coming in, they're going to have families mm-hmm. as well and they're going to have kids and those kids are going to need homes. And all the people that are the, you know, the millennials, our generation or the generation behind us, they're all starting to enter the market right now mm-hmm. and they're having kids. And like, so you have to build in anticipation of, of the future. Like you have to. But and are they building too much right now in Windsor? No. No, no I don't no. think so. But, but I think people, people are saying think, that. People yeah. think that yeah. because they don't think about the actual demographics of what's happening and not just immigration, but those immigrations and their kids and the yeah. future generations and the generations after that. Like housing will never die unless, unless Canada's population just completely starts going stagnant, which the government will never let happen. They always want a positive population growth. Yeah. Um, then, then, then you real estate's going to keep increasing in value because mm-hmm. all the new supply is necessarily, um, more expensive, right? So, just think a little bit more deeply. And when you project real estate over 25 years, it's like you can't lose. No. Maybe in one or two given years, but not over 25. No, 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 no. Unless some no, crazy no, no, no. stuff no, happens, no, you know. No, but. no, no, no. Like, it, I don't even know what the mark. Maybe Jesse can pull up a stat where uh, the Toronto condo market is right now, but it's not even going to. It's going to be a blip. It's, it'll be right? a blip. In the radar, for sure. Yeah. Because yeah. like you said, when people start getting priced out of single family homes, because now everybody's going to single family homes, prices yeah. are rising so quickly. Yeah. And what will happen is it'll just get absorbed and then they'll start building again. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's not like it'll just, there, people aren't going to keep building. If there's like a glut of condos on the market, they're just not, not going to keep building. That's a good point. They're just going to The stop. market will adapt. Yeah, the market will it'll adapt. catch up. Yeah. And then it'll resume. Exactly. And then it'll just... Pick yeah. up where it left off, and yeah, that's it. Yeah, you much. know, like big deal. So yeah, we got to remember, it's the perfect storm in the GTA. Mm-hmm. Every business is shut down. You don't mm-hmm. have the downtown amenities anymore. People mm-hmm. are working from home. All those Airbnb rent, um, short-term rentals are now long-term rentals. Yeah, it's the perfect storm. Mm-hmm. You had pre-construction condo investors now getting hammered. They're probably panicking and selling. So, is it a time to buy? Not for me because you know I think there's better opportunities, mm-hmm. but theoretically it might be. Yeah, I, I would. I would if there was if the if there was opportunities that made sense. I if just there, yeah, yeah, cash flowing like yeah condo or something in the GTA. I would be interested. I just don't uh, yeah. think even now you can still get one that cash flows. I don't know. I've asked around a bit. Yeah, but, uh, and what do you what have you come up with? It still doesn't cash flow. Yeah, yeah so there you go. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, all right. What do we got here? What do we got? Does this create a window of opportunity for investors? Well, let's talk about let's talk about the get, US. We just let's talk about that. what you're seeing in the large multi for US, right? And how hard it was for you to get financing because of COVID and yeah, for sure. how many other investors yeah, okay. are probably struggling a bit. Yeah. So when I when I bought my first property in the US, that apartment building, um, it was very difficult to get the financing. They specifically because of COVID. Like COVID made it even more difficult, yeah. probably than normal. They wanted to see more stuff. For sure. So um, like I mentioned, they, they put that, that virus tax on it. 
they they wanted you to put one year of debt service down where they hold it in and That's a pretty trust. significant yeah. chunk of money. Like mm-hmm. how much would we be talking there in, in a uh, – say on a $5 million purchase, how much? Like 150000 so that's going to Maybe impact more. all your numbers. It's going to impact your cash yep. on cash return for sure. Opportunity cost. It's going to mm-hmm. limit. Some people are going to say, "Well, it's not worth it." Yeah, know, I didn't. Right. I didn't end up having to do it, but um, so but so a lot of people would. Yeah, yeah, because they want agency financing with a lower rate. So I ended up going bank financing with a little bit of a higher rate without, without having, having to. to yeah, without having to do that, and then I negotiated my way down. Uh, from having to put like deposits down and, and, and hard money, uh, hard money, you know, basically insurance policies down that, you know, if shit hits the fan, you know, the, the bank is covered. So I, I ended up negotiating my way down. So I didn't have to do that. I paid a little bit more on the rate, not, ha- not, not from not having to do that, just from not going with agency money. So Freddie Mac or Fannie Mae, the rates are typically lower. Freddie Mac, usually, uh, you can get a higher LTV, uh, Fannie Mae, you can get a, you know, lower L, they, they don't usually go as high as Freddie Mac, but instead of that, I wanted the higher LTV without having to put down so much, you know, on say, uh, financing insurance policy. Yeah, so a year, yeah, a year or whatever. US is exactly. So, so I ended up, uh, using bank financing, which just in general, bank financing is, uh, it comes at a higher rate in the US. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like CMHC, like, you know, whatever that kind of, that kind of stuff. So, um, but they were very, they were very strict. They were very, very, very strict. Mm-hmm. And, and they qualified me based off of my other businesses as well. That so it we're wasn't doing just, better yeah, in COVID. Exactly. So you're kind yeah. of in a sweet spot. <clears throat> yeah. Now, what my theory is, is that there's a certain percentage of potential buyers for large multifamily mm-hmm. in the U.S. that are on the sidelines now because their businesses have suffered because of COVID mm-hmm. and they, the banks aren't going to touch them at, like no. they would. And they're all, so maybe there's, there's 10% less people in the market or something. Who knows? I'm just yep. making up numbers, but mm-hmm. like maybe this is the buying opportunity. Maybe it would be even more competitive if it wasn't for COVID. Yeah. Interesting theory. I don't it, know. It, it is sure. for sure. So, um, another thing that I've noticed is, um, they, in the areas that I'm looking at now, there seems to be a lot of interest because the inter- the, the areas that I'm looking now are not shut down in the U S and there are still people making money in areas that are shut down or locked down or whatever, where, they're like, well, I want to invest too, but they're hesitant to go into areas with high vacancy and, 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 and in metro areas where they're used to investing. So they're going into different markets where things aren't shut down, mm-hmm. where there's like massive migration into these states mm-hmm. like Texas and Florida, mm-hmm. you know, so. I'm yeah, going, so a, a big real estate investor from New York says, "Hey, everything's exactly. shut down downtown New York. We don't want to get, we don't want to absorb these high tax rates. We're, we're not okay with the higher taxes. So where are they going to go? They're going to Florida. They're, they're, they're going the, to buy it, yeah, in large the, multi. Yeah, in the Northeast, yeah. like the 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 Northeast, uh, they're, they're they're coming down to Florida in droves. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing. And people need to understand when yeah. when when big time investors and smart money people have money lying around, one of the first assets they look to put that money into mm-hmm. is yeah, real, real estate. estate. Yeah. Every time you're going to go buy a large multi that, that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, so you're seeing that trend and, and very much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, very much. So, so I'm, I'm seeing maybe there's a little bit of hesitation because nobody really knows what's going to like kind of pan out from this, uh, the, this virus and this pandemic and everything. But, um, 
I, 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 it's all relative to me. Right. So say for example, like we were talking the other day, you know, if down there or at these properties I'm looking at, say for example, if it's, if I can get some, not a six cap, but say the market there, you know, on average, somebody from the local area knows and won't overpay for something that instant Mm -hmm. where that market's like a six and a half. Yeah. I'll gladly pay six to get into the market because here I can't get into anything without under over a three. Yeah. It's all relative. It's all relative. So for me looking at other markets outside of mine, it's easy. Yeah. They all look like deals. So I'm actually okay with it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for me, I'm actually coming from a different mindset mm-hmm. where, you know, the, the, the virus factor is, is at play, you know, whether or not people are kind of, I'm sure there's it. Listen, if the economy at the end of the day were to continue on the trajectory that it was in like to the end of 2019 going into 2020 and this virus didn't hit, it would be so fucking difficult to get anything. It's a good point. I would, uh, I would point. imagine. The economy I, was roaring. It was absolutely yeah. booming. Yeah. So, you know, the U.S. had the strongest economy in history. We had the strongest economy in history. Um, you know, tons for, of wealth, tons there. of wealth yeah. being created. So from my perspective, we didn't see a, we didn't see a downturn in the economy since what, like usually it's every like what, 10 yeah. years we were on a trajectory of hitting like, you know, almost 15. Yeah, 13, so, 14. so, so, so wealth was being, you know, multiplied over yeah, yeah. exponentially over more years. Yeah, yeah. So if this wouldn't have happened, it, I might not have been able to do what I've already, what, what I've done mm-hmm. in the U S mm-hmm. already. It might be a factor of the virus has allowed me to, you know, work my way into the U.S. and and get property at discounts, uh, even if it's a slight discount. Even if it's a slight it's discount, better than uh, yeah. um, a ten percent increase sure. or something that yeah. might have happened. Nonetheless, I'm still a player in these markets because our market, I I don't see the same returns that I'm used to, and me you know, being as seasoned as I am now at this point, I'm comfortable going outside of my backyard and very far out of my backyard at this point. And I'm willing to take that risk because I've learned enough about real estate to know and become comfortable, um, you know, understanding numbers and understanding the reality of real estate and, 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 you know, what, what kind of metrics I look for and what kind of boxes I need to check on property to become comfortable whether or not it's in my own backyard. Mm -hmm. So for me, this is what this, you know, virus and pandemic has, I guess, offered me because I'm just, I'm not, it's not scaring me out of the market. Yeah. And, and it, it changed our market here in Windsor where you were Mm -hmm. investing so much, so Mm -hmm. quickly that it's like hard to get returns now, Mm -hmm. even here all across Ontario, it's super hard. So what do you do? You're going to start looking for other opportunities. Yeah. And then you, you know, stumble upon the U.S. Now, what I think my personal theory is that a lot of other investors are going to start looking at U.S. large multifamily from around the world because Mm -hmm. this is happening in a lot of countries where Mm -hmm. prices of real estate are just exploding to the point where you can't get any returns. And all like when I look at the U.S. returns relative to what we're used to, just when you pull up CoStar, it's like, holy shit, these are all like relative to what we're used to. They're good deals. Now, like you said, some U.S. people will be like, well, this is only a six and a half cap. I'm used to a seven and a half. Yeah. But to and, us, and I think it, and I think it might also be a factor of you know how have you seen people in the local market here where they're like I'm gonna wait I'm gonna wait I'm gonna yes. keep on waiting I'm gonna keep yes. on waiting Great like point. it might actually be the same factor in the U S mm-hmm. where oh I'm gonna wait I'm gonna wait I'm gonna wait and yeah. then it offers opportunity to people that recognize the fact that like hey 
like I, here's the thing too, like because I'm in it, in it for the long haul and like a lot of what I've noticed too, a lot of Americans don't like to hold things that long. It's more common to exit out of a property even before the term's up mm-hmm. rather than hold it long term. 1031 exchange. They, they just, they, they like, yeah. they like to turn and burn property over yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. So more so than, than we do is what I've noticed, you know, maybe from, you know, if, if you're taking our hyper location versus like, you know, the say hundred properties that I've qualified over there based off the hundred properties that I've seen a solid 75% of those property had like assumable loans on them. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a big percentage which right? means they they haven't held the, the property for very long no not at all usually it's like two years into the yeah. into the term and they're like no we want to we want to move, move on, on. yeah and that, that that's that's also testament of um how fast the real estate market's moving over there in good locations mm-hmm. they see an opportunity where you know the property has appreciated faster than expected so they offload it and they want to cash out 1031 exchange. They yep. probably go do something else. Exactly. Right? They go buy so, it. so for me, um, when somebody is looking at a property and uh, that's local and thinks, well, this isn't a really good deal. Like I mentioned, it's, it's all relative to mm-hmm. me. It's a great deal. Yeah. And I don't care. Like I, I would for a great location, I, I don't mind overpaying. Yeah. And Cause I know yeah. long-term if, what's going to happen. If your long-term analysis is right, then these are really good deals. Even, yeah. even though they're not used to it. And we've seen that in Windsor, People weren't buying in Windsor because it wasn't an eight cap anymore mm-hmm. or it wasn't a 10% cash on cash return. And then somebody like myself was like, no, no, like relative to Ontario, this is a really good deal. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other people saw that too. Mm-hmm. And then those cap rates and, and returns started coming down and down and down. Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing is going to happen uh, across the U.S. Yeah. But For you're good right. locations, mostly good locations. Uh, of course. I, yeah, yeah, I don't location, think Location, location, location. Yeah. But yeah. the people that are probably local to the U.S., they're probably, they probably will be unwilling to, uh, yeah. Adapt to lower returns. For sure. So how will the market play out with regards to the virus long term? Oh, that's a good question. We talking like Windsor, Ontario, we talking Canada. Anything anything. Across, like across so so let, let's talk let's talk Windsor first. So what do you think will happen in Windsor long term? Because like what'll be the fallout for the real estate market in Windsor because of all this? I think the demand for single family homes is just going to be consistently constrained for the next day, forever, basically. I don't know about maybe there's a couple of periods. For the foreseeable future. For, for the next 50 years. The, the fundamentals tell me that you can't, you're not going to catch up to supply because the government is screwing up. <laughs> Their policies are making it impossible to catch up. Too many immigrants, too much red tape. So basically you just want to own real estate. Like I wouldn't be selling anything right now as an investor mm. uh, in Southwestern Ontario. Now, how do you adapt to that when there's going to be super low returns, right? Mm-hmm. You're basically going to start banking on appreciation and principal pay down, which is still better than most investments. Mm-hmm. And if the fundamentals are right, you're going to get really good appreciation here. As investors, like we don't typically like to do that, right? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people will start looking to other markets, whether the prairies or Newfound, I don't know, some other markets, <laughs> yeah. which I don't like either because I want to get, I want to get all three. I want to get cash flow. I want to get principal pay down and I want to get a nice location that's about to appreciate because of the fundamentals mm-hmm. and people moving there and immigration and all these other things. Mm-hmm. That's when you get like 
monster gains really quickly. And I think it's doable. Yeah. So I think people will just start shopping around. But what are you? What are your thoughts? Like, what I, I, do you, how do you plan to adapt other than going I'll, to the U.S.? I go to different markets. I look at mm-hmm. different real estate. So before going to the U.S., I started, you know, getting an industrial property. That's a good adaptation. I wasn't getting, yeah, I wasn't getting the returns that I wanted on, on residential. So I started buying, uh, industrial Mm -hmm. and I was getting crazy returns. And I, I kind of knew, I kind of knew it was going to happen. I I knew that, you know, office was out, retail was out. People didn't like that. Um, so what's the other kind of property that you can get that's like going to pop after real estate? Yeah. Warehouse. Like, because at the end of the day, no matter what shuts down, there's still people still need to make stuff. In order to make stuff, you need a place to make stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can you only make stuff in industrial property. So manufacturing was never shut down. So that to me was the next shoe in for creating uh you know returns that I wanted in real estate because those industries that made stuff weren't getting shut down because the world still needs stuff. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. We're always going to be investing. Like I'm always going to be investing in real estate. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of where and, and which strategy. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not going to go put my money in a different asset class, mm. like Bitcoin or something like that. Like yeah. it's just too risky. You're going to be still buying real estate just. Yeah. Like for, for me, oh my God, I get asked so many times about Bitcoin and, <laughs> and, and, uh, in the stock market and stuff like that. And it, it feels, it feels like, um, like I'm gambling. Every time I look at that, I'm just like, and again, it might be a factor of, I don't know enough about, you know, people are like, well, you just, you do the same thing with real estate. You pick the best companies and and you base them off these metrics and stuff like that. But there's a very deep level of being out of control there. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're just out of control when, with regards to the stock market yeah. and you and- can't control the people that are making the calls. I can control the calls being made on the property that I manage. It's just a fact. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. And leverage. Like you don't have yeah, any leverage yeah, in stocks. Exactly. Like I, have, yeah. I have five to one leverage with real yeah. estate. That's why you can't get rich very easily in stocks. No. I love stocks though. A lot mm-hmm. of people do. I'll bet on Elon Musk because I don't care. He's better at uh, managing the company than me mm-hmm. anyways. So I'll give Elon my money. Um, yeah. But, but I agree. Like good luck getting financially free in, in stocks. Um, with no leverage, you just, I, I just don't know if you can. Yeah. Well, most people anyways. I would rather own. Yeah. The, Look at the know. fundamentals of real estate. They're insane. Yeah. They're, they're it, re- insane. it really is. The, yeah. So for, for me, it's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's look at else we got here. Uh, obviously Jesse, you cut these out, right? <laughs> uh, we pretty much touched on everything, man. So, okay. So what can investors do in order to, I guess, leverage this type of environment Hmm. right now? Think outside the box. Like look at the trends. Like you said, you started buying industrial real estate five years ago because you saw the trend. And then I don't think people are willing to bet on themselves enough, right? Like, and give themselves enough time to let their thesis play out. So if your thesis is, Hey, Southwest Ontario doesn't have enough houses. Just go buy, just go buy and sit, right? Whether it's a hundred bucks cash flow, 200 bucks or whatever, just buy it and sit, right? If that's all you can do right now, um, when that dries up, start, start finding the next place immigrants are going, right? Invest 
uh, with us in the U.S. Like whatever the <laughs> whatever the case is, right? Like just mm-hmm. adapt, but always be putting your money in real estate. The fundamentals have not changed. No, uh, for real estate. But what about yourself? Like, what are you? I mean, um, it's tough because I, I don't know how to tell people to um, change their investing habits based off of uh, what's ha- happening in the market. And and what I mean by that is. I always preach your property has to make money. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why I've always preached that is because property has always made money in Windsor and, and in the surrounding area where I've always been doing this. But I can I can see what's happening here. And I can see how eventually it won't make money. So for me to sit here and tell people, you only buy cash flow, you only buy cash flow, and eventually the market doesn't cash flow, then what do I tell them? Mm. And I, well, I know I know what to tell them. I shouldn't say what do I tell them. I know what to tell them, but my answer will be go outside of your market then. Mm. But that could be a very daunting thing for people. Like very, very daunting because Nonetheless, the fundamentals still reign true is that you, for me, I'm a big believer and I'll refute this with anybody that any business needs to make money and any business that doesn't make money is a dying business. And that's true across the board with real estate. I don't care if you're in it for appreciation. And and the reason why I say this is because how many people do you have? that want cash flow because they want to live off the real estate. Pretty much everybody. So myself included. Exactly. Okay. So say for example, if you take these principles and you stay in your market and eventually your market's not making cash flow, well then like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And for me, real estate investing is, I don't even like the word like real estate investing. You know, I, 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 it's a business for me. If that business isn't making money and you have to live off of it, what, what's the alternative? Adapt. You, you have to adapt, right? Or you have to, you have to turn and burn your real estate. So there's no long-term gain anymore. There's no long-term, you know, wealth creation and there's no, there's no long-term, you know, strategy, right? So for me, the only option is to tell people you have to get outside of your market mm-hmm. and you have to become comfortable with it. However you feel fit. I don't know, but that's so difficult because that took me a long time to get comfortable with. So I don't know. Well, that's probably one of the reasons why I ended up setting up Coachwood mm-hmm. to be quite honest. Well, you, you got to think too, if you were going and buying single families and duplexes across the state, it wouldn't make sense. No, like you, you can't, no, there's no scale. How are you going to manage no, those? Right. Exactly. But if you have the opportunity to buy like 55 unit apartment yeah. buildings, then it's like, okay, I don't need to be there for sure. You have a yeah. management team that lives on site. Yeah. You have a leasing agent. And, that, and, like, and this is what I mean, right? Like how do I tell people to get outside of their market when they're going to have a hard time finding a good manager for a couple properties? Because yeah. I already know, I already know what's going to happen. They're not going to, they're not going to be good. Like the, the reason why, I have a goal of going over to the U.S. where I will not buy anything under 50 units a door is because I know 
good management will want to manage a building of that scale yeah. because like they make money. Professional managers. Professional yeah. management companies, they because they make money managing that scale of a business. And then all you have to do is manage the manager. Exactly. And so they manage the 55 units. So that's hard for me to, you know, tell people to do. I mean, because I, like I said, I can see the writing on the wall in, in this, in this, uh, in this town, I can see it. I, I can see how, because like, where's it going to go? So say it starts hitting 700, where, what kind of rent do you need to serve a $700, a $700, a $700,000 value? You know what I mean? And maybe it'll get there, mm-hmm. but wages won't catch Like they won't catch up. It's not like, what are we going to see? We're going to see like $25 minimum wage. Like, what are we going to do? No, it's, it's, the it's businesses aren't, won't be able to sustain yeah. themselves at that point. Right. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think we're a ways away from that. I, in, and I in, agree in Windsor. Yeah. And I like, I'm always, but here's the thing. Like, are we though? Like this, are you saying the $700 well, mark? No. Well, the average price is approaching 700 K right in the next couple of years. But, yeah. But that's not the property I'm buying. I'm buying the, the 300 K duplex or 350 and then I'm renovating it. Fair cash enough. Will, yeah. Like, there's still cash flow opportunities for the next several years in Windsor, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Whether you have to do a little bit of work to create it or not, that's different. But, mm-hmm. um, but it will get tighter and tighter. Now, I'm always going to be buying Southwestern Ontario. I love the fundamentals of Southwestern Ontario real estate. I'll even break even. Like, I'll, you know, I'll have, I, I want a diverse portfolio. I want to own real estate in a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. Just like with stocks, I have different stocks for different reasons. Some are for like massive appreciation, like an Amazon or something like that. Some are for nice, steady, safe banks that mm-hmm. aren't going to go out of business. Southwestern Ontario is like the bank. Like you just buy that, sit on it, hold it for for a hundred years. You're golden. Socialist policies here, not enough supply. Just sit, let it pay off mm-hmm. your mortgage. You're going to make a shitload of money. My other portion of my portfolio will be like I'm buying this for cash flow. I'll buy it, like I'd love to invest in the states more. I'd love to invest wherever, wherever mm-hmm. the returns are. I'll invest, but. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to knock Southwestern Ontario real estate either, but if you're looking for cash flow as part of your portfolio, you're going to have to um, diversify. Yeah, I wouldn't say sell your Southwestern Ontario real estate and no, go buy no, no, no. in uh, no. Prince Edward Island or something, no. um, or Manitoba. No, like I don't want to invest in those farm towns because I don't think they're ever going to be big yeah. time cities, right? No. Like, no. Again, though. From from our perspective, we see a lot of people that want to quit their day job and just become real estate investors, right? Yeah, and that's and, cash flow. And the, yeah, and that's flow. cash flow. You can't – I mean, it could be like a turn and burn kind of like short-term flip stuff, but it's mostly cash flow. You, you can't live off you, Yeah, you, you can't. you have to keep doing them. Exactly, yeah. Like, that's your job. So it, it's it's hard for me to – it's hard for me like when I, when I say like, you know, or when I try to give people advice. Um, yeah. Buy stuff that doesn't cash flow. Yeah, that like be, yeah, I don't know. I can't do it. I can't do it. And then and then and then if you're in an area that doesn't cash flow, and I tell people you have to go to an area that does cash flow, that's a daunting notion there. Mm-hmm. It's it's because you're getting outside of your comfort zone. And but hey, like at the end of the day, this is business. It is uncomfortable. So get fucking used to it. <laughs> yeah. Like there, there's no there's no there's no option. There's there's no other there's no other option there. You have to become you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. So if that means getting outside of your comfort zone then and, and going outside of your own backyard, then then yeah. you have to do it. Plenty of people have done it and are doing it. It's yeah. it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. So probably not that hard. Actually. So in order to in order to benefit from what's going on here, um I feel the best way to benefit from like 
the whole virus scenario and, and, and what's going on right now, even in politics and everything, it, it's more of a buy and hold long term play rather than, you know, these quick flips and wholesaling and, and all that stuff. That's, that's quick money. You're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna build real wealth. Long term generational no. wealth flipping. You'd have to pass your flipping business down to your kids. No, like, yeah. You'd have to go flip. Yeah, right? exactly. So, and, and, and there's only so many you can do. That's the problem too. This is why I like the whole, uh, this is why I like the scalability of buy and hold long-term good location property because that's how you scale and that's how you not only scale your portfolio, but like literally scale wealth, like yeah, big massive time, wealth. massive yeah. cash flow won't do it. Flips won't do it. Yeah. You know, and the beautiful thing about like large apartments is like if you raise 55 units, $25 each, like how much, how much is that a month of cash flow? Oh, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's 55 big. times 25. I don't know the math on yeah. that. But Somebody do the math over there. <laughs> Can't even do it. <laughs> well, 50 times 20. 1,375. Be- now do that times 12. 16,500. So divide, divide that by 0.06. $275,000 you created. I, I would 25 bucks a month. Yeah. And now do, do this instead of uh, point, dividing that, but do 16,500 divided by five, uh, 0.05. That's even more realistic these days for sure. Mm-hmm. $330,000. You increase the value of that. that that's so, every year. Yeah. That's like increasing by $25 is, is fuck all. That's like what? Yeah, it's two, like 3%. The rate of inflation. Yeah. Like you're, you know, so, yeah, so you're you're increasing the value of that property yeah. significantly. Now, if you owned 55 single family homes, you could do the same thing. Yeah. Problem is, you got to manage 55 exactly. single family homes. And and the management, yourself. yeah, and the management and maintenance costs of that is like astronomical. No scale. Yeah, there's no scalability. You're 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 spending the same amount of time on that one house as I would be spending on, you know, I spent the same amount of time on my building and on these buildings that I'm buying, like the large scale property, as, as I did house. on like one house, like <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 there's no, it's yeah, it really is. Yeah. Like when you actually think about it, it's the same, the same amount of time, the same amount of, if anything, it's actually quicker. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even really, like I, I'm not walking through with the appraiser. I'm not walking through with the property inspection guy and, and the property inspector, like over there, like they're so in depth, hundred page report. I know I have a timeline of how long everything will take to degrade. I, I know, I know X amount of dollars at year five will have to go into this building and yeah. X amount of dollars at year 10 and X amount of dollars at year 12. Yeah, it's like I, you I know need exactly. to replace the roof in eight years. You need to save X amount of money exactly. for eight years to pay for that roof. You need to replace the yeah. mechanical system. Like they amortize everything. For sure. Give you a schedule. It's very, it. it's yeah. very intuitive. It's actually easier to manage. It, it really is. It, it, it actually, it actually is. Yeah. Which surprisingly, it's hard to like imagine that. And the reason right. why is because you have professional management teams that have been doing, doing it for it. decades. Yes. And they, they're very efficient yeah. at it. They're, they have all of the, they have everything already lined up. <clears throat> they have everything already lined up. Nobody like, I, I feel like I'm like literally the only one that is capable of doing that. Even in the area that has management that can actually service single family homes the way that a, pro, a professional yeah. property management because you, team, you have a hundred, because I have, you have so scale. many, yeah, because yeah, I have scale, so I know how to already do it. and I already have a team that does it, and the only way that team's going to stick with you is because you keep them busy. Exactly, enough. exactly. If you have three properties, 
Nobody cares about no, you. Nobody cares, yeah. man. You're going to get a weekend warrior that doesn't even cut your fucking grass. <laughs> like, I've already run into it. Like, I've already been there. Like, this is a problem. Like, people are going to be like, oh, no, it's not. A, you know, I've got a great. Well, okay, fine. Like, you're a, you're an outlier then. But I've already been down these roads, man. Like, I already don't fucking tell me. Like, I've already been down this road. I already, I already know what happens to shit property. Like, shit locations. Like, don't fucking tell me. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Like, whatever. I'm, I'm open to suggestions and I'm open to everything. But, like. It's it's hard to replace experience. So whatever. So like we hit a massive boom in in Ontario, southwest Ontario. Imagine if you just like five years ago, instead of buying all these single family homes, you just bought one fifty five unit apartment mm-hmm. building at a six and a half cap five years ago. And then as the market's like taking off, mm. and then like you could do three of those buildings. Now here's now here's the thing. Yeah, I and I agree with you. But here's the here's the thing: single family home will always increase faster and more on a percentage basis than like larger scale multifamily. Mm-hmm. It's just a factor of there's more people in the buying pool mm-hmm. for those type of investments than there are on a fucking 55, 56 unit building. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. However, you don't have economies of scale. It is tough to scale. Like what am I, what am I getting? I, I literally have tried to buy as fast as possible. Again, you know, in the Southwestern Ontario market, you can't buy large scale real estate. It's tough. You Not can, you but it's tough. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's tough. I've tried for the, for the longest time. And I, and I, I don't want to buy just shit. You mm-hmm. know, you see a lot of these buildings just come up on the market. They're just fucking horse shit. You mean nightmares? Yeah. So I'm not talking about like the nightmare building. I'm talking about decent quality property, right? B, B grade property. Like usually when we see a property come up literally on the market in Windsor and it's multifamily, is it really like a D property? Like yeah. literally, if that might even be an F. In a D location. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like a fucking D property in an F location. I don't even know. It's the worst. So. So, uh, cause the good property doesn't trade on, on the market. Mm. Right. So, um, the problem is, is as fast as you, as you bought, you were only able to get a hundred and so, yeah, units. I, I can only get X amount of, years. yeah, I could only get X amount of units in X amount of years. Whereas literally people over in, you know, say the U S or whatever have been able to scale in the same amount of time that much faster because they have the opportunity to get that many more doors mm-hmm. in one shot In one shot, not paying, you know, exchanging the property, turning it over tax free, tax free. Um, there, there's so many, okay. there's so many more opportunities when you start looking outside of your own backyard. And that's what I have to do now. That's what we have to do. You have to do it there. You, you can't, it's all, it's almost like if, if you, and this is why I think it's so important to treat real estate like an actual business. This is exactly like looking at emerging markets to offer product and services. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, say for example, like with me, my nutritional products, there's going to come a time where like the absorption of my brand in Canada will be maxed out potentially, mm-hmm. right? Where I'm trying to literally siphon off business off of like different brands or different, you know, different people, whatever that I've tried to already market to. And I have to throw extra money at them to really convince them to start buying my product. When I could just go to a different market, like, you know, India with like, I don't even know a hundred times the population of Canada Mm -hmm. and they just love our product. Mm -hmm. It's about, okay, how do I develop the, the logistics on how to get there? It's a great analogy. It's yeah. not, it's, it's yeah. no different. It yeah. really isn't. It's the same thing. So how do I develop the logistics of handling the management of a property mm-hmm. that's outside of my backyard? It's really actually not that difficult. Mm-hmm. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. You just got to do it. You just, yeah. yeah, you just have to and do it. You have to do it right. Money. Yeah. You yeah. just have to do it right. You have to get to the point where 
you know, it, it, I'm sure it is possible to do the single family home stuff over in, you know, the U S or in, out, out of, out of your backyard. I'm sure it is, but it's, it's going to be difficult. It's inefficient. It's inefficient. It really is. It's, yeah. re, it's really inefficient. It's really difficult to scale. When you, when you start playing with bigger numbers, you, you scale faster. It's just yeah, a factor. That small, you win small. Exactly. Just exactly. 100%. So yeah, when you play small, you win small. Yeah. And it's, it's slow. I'm just tired of playing small. <laughs> like I really am. I'm tired of playing small. I feel like, I feel like I'm smart enough to, to raise capital and, and go into these markets and vet them mm. just like I have with different real estate in, the market here. I, I bought in real estate in different pockets that people are like, no, 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 I would never touch that real estate there. Don't fucking buy that. And all of a sudden, boom, what happens? It's it, this, it, the value skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you could see what's coming. Like I, I'm able to see, you know, we, we do a good job of, of figuring out like, okay, well this market's gonna, uh, there's going to be some gentrification in this market or this area here. And it's going to force these people out. They're gonna have to move here. And it, it's, it's yeah, easy to it, see. You, anybody can see that by the way. It's just, nobody trusts themselves. Yeah. And nobody's willing to like take that risk and saying to trust what they're seeing happen. But, and it's experience as well. Mm-hmm. Like you develop that skill. I definitely know you have that skill. You have been, to, yeah. You were ahead of the curve on, on a lot of these trends, uh, for sure. Have you ever thought about, uh, other than the US, which obviously you've already made the inroads there. Have you thought about any other ideas like, Caribbean stuff and uh, these other destinations. No, I have, I've or, never, no. The only other destination that I've thought about was, uh, Azores, where my mom's from. Cool, cool. It was. It's not that expensive. It's. It's probably getting expensive there, but um, it wasn't. That last time I checked, it wasn't that expensive. And like you're literally like in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Cool. And and I can see as the world goes more global and and the wealth just keeps growing across the globe, and more and more wealthy people are going to want to live on these like yeah uh, islands. And yeah, and, and front. I can get my you know I can get my my European citizenship, so it's not. I think that that's a big advantage there too. Um, but I've been there like three times. It's amazing there. Yeah. Like it really is. Like I actually like really like that. And that's another thing too. Like I, I want to invest in places that, um, that you want to go and visit. That I want to go to. Yeah. Like I don't want to go to like these shit locations anymore. Like I don't want to go there. I don't, it's not about, I want to go, where people want to be and well, I want to invest my go money. There, I bet you a lot of other people. want. Yes, to go exactly. And that's the, that's the mentality, right? I want to, I want to put my money in places where people want to be. Mm-hmm. It's simple. Yeah. And right? you know, people want to be there because you want to be there. Exactly. And we all think alike. And it's just like for a stock, there's an old thing, like buy what you know, buy exactly. what you like. Yep. Buy, if you like that company, you're already ahead of the game. For sure. If you like that location and why wouldn't you, right? Florida, for instance. Yeah. You're on the Atlantic and the Pacific Ocean, yeah. like on a peninsula in the Sun Belt. Yeah. Like you don't like it's not rocket science. People want to be there from mm-hmm. around the world. Yeah. Now, I don't want to be in Chatham, really, or <laughs> no. like Prince Edward yeah. Island. It's just not my style. Yeah. Right. It's, it's not the weather I want. It's not the ocean front mm-hmm. um, in the warm weather and beach yeah. front and all that stuff. Right. But yeah, you can spot these places out probably pretty easily for sure. And then just dive into that market and absolutely, and man, absolutely. Spots. I think we're, I think we're pretty good. No. So let's summarize. Yeah. Let's summarize what has actually happened because of this bullshit virus here. So we should cut that out. Are people not going <laughs> to like that? I say bullshit virus. It's a little bit, uh, controversial, <laughs> controversial. <laughs> so let's talk. Let's talk. Like, so let's summarize what's going on here. Um, base because of this virus, it has, 
literally squeezed supply based off of shutdowns, uh, you know, people, people being out of work, rising prices, rising prices based off of, you know, the, these issues here. Uh, um, it seems like the political landscape is flooding North America with immigrants, which is obviously doing what? Increasing demand, demand. like yeah. significantly. So all of these factors start propping up the real estate market like heavily. Mm-hmm. So all in all, the only way really that investors can benefit from all this is like literally understand these fundamentals that we're telling them and make decisions based off that. Because for me, real estate is much easier to understand based off simple fundamentals than any other type of investment, no matter what. Like it's, it's, it's actually like real estate is actually the easiest business for me to understand and be in mm-hmm. by far. There's no other business that I can even literally think on that would be easier, like an easier sell or an easier play than real estate. It's literally and, the easiest like, and thing. It's borderline. It's probably the lowest risk. It's, it's insane. like literally the only other business that I can think of that would be better is like making water. <laughs> like, I'm not even joking. Like, like if you actually had to make water, like, I don't know what, I, like what, I, because, and then the reason why is like, or, or like, you know, obviously food, but then there's like, you know, there's competition, there's this and that. So, so real estate, it's even, it's even easier because, you know, it's, it's probably actually easier to develop real estate than obviously develop like food brands and like all this other shit. Oh, I see what you mean. Cause it, yeah. because it's a fundamental exactly. necessity. It's a fundamental yeah. necessity like water. Like water. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Right. It's a fundamental necessity, like food, water, how like, you know, shelter mm-hmm. is a fundamental necessity of life. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to keep making real estate. Once you own it, you own it. Exactly. And you own the land. Exactly. Yeah. And there's only a certain amount of land, In the right? Land. Yeah. There's not, there's, there's not a, a finite, a number of, you know, food brands or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? So, um, it's a finite resource. It's, it's a finite resource, you know, like water mm-hmm. essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's, let's, uh, wrap it up. The world's changed. Adapt. It, it has, yeah. it really Adapt has, it, it really has. And, and ideally uh, cash flowing real estate, man, I wonder, I, I, for me, it seems like Literally, yeah. I mean, th- this this virus has literally accelerated the real estate market astronomically, like overnight mm-hmm. in one year. What was it? What was the average home price in Windsor a year ago from today? Three fifty. Was it three fifty ish? Yeah. And what is it today? It's over five ten and rising every week. And I'm not joking; it's rising every week. It's so there, there you have it. Yeah. So if you bought a house last year for 350, you know, which I did multiple, mm-hmm. I made 200 grand in a year. Usually that a takes year. a decade. Yeah. To yeah. So that, that's that, that right there is how this virus has benefited investors that understand the fundamentals of real estate and are willing to bet on them and are w- willing to bet on them long term. Mm-hmm. And see the advantages of actually holding property, building wealth, you know, wealth creation, all that stuff. Because if you're, if you're the type of person that continues to sit on the sideline and you're not leveraging the changing world. Yeah. And, and the, and the, and the scalability that this virus is 
creating for the real estate market, you're, you're losing a lot of money right now. Beyond. You are losing yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. Right now, it's just going to con- future. It's just going to continue yeah. to get tougher. Yeah. That's what I think. I don't think this is going to slow down. Not anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And I was wrong. I was legitimately wrong. I was wrong before the virus. And then I was wrong after the virus. Because I remember talking to you and being like, you know, at, you know, a couple months after the virus started popping, I was like, oh, this, the fucking real estate market is going to take but a here's hit the for thing, sure. You were wrong about how you thought it would play out, but you still kept buying real estate. Yeah. You never stopped. No. Because you bought on fundamentals. I bought the most real estate I ever have uh, during the pandemic. Mm. Like, like hands down, I bought like, I don't even know how much, $15 million in real estate. So it almost doesn't even matter if you're wrong. Yeah. In real estate, as long as you um, buy cash flowing real estate, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. And, and you know, whatever, it's not about time in the market anyways. It's just no. the, the property makes money. I'm going to buy it. Yeah. That's it. Pretty I know much. what, I know it'll cover me. Yeah. I know it'll continue to cover and, and uh, I'm not going to sit on the sidelines and, and lose an opportunity based off of it. I'm willing to bet if on, you have I'm willing to bet on the fundamentals the bank, long-term. If you have money sitting in the bank right now at this, with these interest rates, you're getting burned <laughs> daily. And and always, you should never have money sitting in the bank. You're not even getting burned. Be. You're fucking stupid. <laughs> like straight up, like you're stupid. If you have, if you, like, I don't even care. Like, if you have money sitting in the bank right now, you're fucking stupid. And, and even and even if you're and even if you have money like sitting in your house in equity, you're fucking stupid too. Like be, like and here, here here's the thing. Here's the thing. Maybe you're not okay. Maybe that's a little harsh, but I don't even care. Like if, <laughs> it, it is what it is. Like if 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 you're if you're the type of person where you don't want to make money and you have money sitting in the bank or an equity sitting in your principal residence, then that's fine. That's, 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 that's fine. I accept that. Yeah. If you, if you don't care to make money, then that's different. But if you like really want to make money and you have money sitting in the bank and, or in your house as equity, you're fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. Like you're fucking stupid. The first thing I do when I have uh, X amount of money, get your fucking heads out of your ass. (laughs) But the thing the first thing I do when I have money available to deploy, I go look for an opportunity and I find one. You will find one. You will find something that makes money uh, in real estate if you for go sure. look for it. Yeah. The problem is, is most people, I don't know, maybe they just don't. They get scared. The good I'm investors sure. do. Like yeah. a, a lot of my good clients, they, as soon as they have money, I'm going to buy real estate. Let's mm-hmm. go. And we go look and we find an opportunity. It might take a month, month. It might take six. Eventually, we get something that makes money in a good location. But if if you're sitting on cash – you're You'd literally always be sitting on cash. Yeah, you're, you're just losing. afraid. Yeah, you're losing. Probably. Yeah, and you can't. Yeah. Right, right now is it's free money. So you guys got to take advantage of it. If it's not, literally now, free money. Like anything it. below five percent is fucking free. You, you can get yeah. you can get higher than five percent and fucking doing anything. Yeah, and we're at one point five percent. Yeah, dropping. so it's insane. It actually, seems to be dropping for sure. So you have to take advantage of the scalability. Like so, for me, the benefit. We'll sum it up like this. One more point, though, real quick. Go. Another thing that uh, the virus did was it dropped interest rates. It did we didn't talk significantly, about that. but but also it's a factor of you know. Okay, sure, yeah, that's another good point too. What ha- like what actually with the banking like what how did this affect mortgages? Is the the, the virus dropped dramatically dropped uh, mortgage rates? Absolutely. Now that's also a proponent of higher values on real estate. Oh, massive. so it's it's, incre- it's probably the number one. It, it really is probably so. So fuck, we didn't even touch on that earlier, no. but this is like by far probably the I biggest point. Whatever. So so so. That's obviously a huge proponent of how the virus is accelerating real estate values. But you also, you have, you have this, you have this thing, right? So if it, if it wasn't for low interest rates, like very low, prices probably wouldn't be so high, right? 
Agreed. So, so Agreed. some, so, so you can argue like, even though, even though interest rates are so low, right. If they weren't so low, we wouldn't have the same kind of, it would be the same thing, but just the numbers would be different. Like exactly. The payments would be higher. Exactly. So the returns would be the same. So, yeah. But what people didn't understand is when those interest rates dropped, you better start buying real estate mm-hmm. because the money's going to flood into it. And mm-hmm. the same is holding true now. Again, in my opinion, I think rates are more likely to go now lower. Here, now here, exactly. Now here's the catch here too. This is what I would say. In it, Historically speaking, property will not come down based off of when real estate mortgage rates start to increase. Interesting. R- correct? Interesting. I, I don't know actually. About I'm pretty sure. Things. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Off the top of my head, I think you're right. I think I'm right. So that means that as long as real estate rate, or as long as mortgage rates are that low, you're paying down a lot more equity. Oh, big okay. Big so time. simply, simply based off of that fact, you are creating a lot more wealth. Accelerated. You're wealth. accelerating your wealth mm-hmm. because even as interest rates creep up, you don't really see values from when they were like really low mm-hmm. in an instance like this to you don't see value starting to like come down. Like we won't see in 10 years if the interest rates are at say like 8%, you won't see housing at like three. I agree. You get what I'm trying I to agree. say? Yep. You won't see that disparity. Mm-hmm. It'll continue to increase even mm-hmm. with, you know, it might, in, it might not increase as fast. It'll decelerate. The, the rates right now are so low, helping the real estate to increase mm-hmm. dramatically. So we'll see a slowdown in the value increasing as the rates go up. But I don't think we'll see if the rates come up. down. Yeah, for the foreseeable future, they're, we're like they're 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 low for they, they forever. Could be forever, not, not forever, but not. like I don't think they're forever. But it could be maybe we don't know. Maybe in our lifetime, yeah, I don't know. But this is unprecedented, right? Mm. So we don't really know. But I don't think they're going to stay at fucking one percent. There's negative interest rates in the world. People need to understand this. It there is are, possible that this are, is the new normal. But they come out it's of it possible. quick. I think like usually – so what's happened in, in the world when they hit negative interest rates, I'm pretty sure uh, they, they come out of that decently See, I've quick. Op- I've heard the opposite where you get buried and they can't come out of it. Oh, so okay. I don't know. I haven't I really know, looked maybe. into it. We should do a whole topic on that. Yeah, maybe Jesse throws something up on the screen there. <laughs> But that another thing people don't understand is you're you're hammering down your mortgage right now at those one percent mm-hmm. interest rates. Like I looked at a mortgage calculator the other day. I'm like, how is how am I only paying four hundred dollars in interest on this mortgage payment? Like I thought it'd be way higher. I'm like, oh yeah, rates are one point four percent. That's why. Yeah. So my interest payments are lower. My exactly. principal payments are higher. That yeah. this is that's huge, man. People it really are, is. People are not so they're creating so that. people are creating wealth like, like at an extreme at an extreme pace. So yeah, big time. so right. at the end of the day, you know. Changed so the world. The, it really did. The, it accelerated wealth. World. So, so, so what a lot of people don't understand is, um, for people that haven't owned real estate prior to, and from the beginning of what happened here in, t- in 2020 is, as uh, people's wealth have been, it's the been accelerated. Rich always get richer. And this yeah. is why, because no matter what policies are in place, the rich people always take advantage of them because they're mm-hmm. positioned to do so. It's yeah. the middle class that sit on their hands always and do nothing yeah. that are getting burned right now. But mm-hmm. the politicians come out and say, Oh, we got to close the gap. We got to close the gap. But all these policies are doing the exact opposite. You 100%. drop rates to 1.3%, investors go nuts and they get even richer than ever yeah. before. The middle class are not investors. They sit on their money. They do nothing. Mm-hmm. They get burned by inflation mm-hmm. at an unprecedented rate. Yeah. But the politicians are up there preaching and the middle class believes the politicians. They don't believe us. So they're not going to make the moves necessary to take advantage of it. And they're going to be footing the bill for probably sure. forever. And let's think about this for for real, real quick right now. Printing money into an economy 
is inflation in itself. Yeah, it's like it's, it's already it's, it's like yeah. So 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 for for someone that is saying like oh well there hasn't been like you know any kind of you know m- metrics that have yeah measurable inflation yet that because there hasn't been any reports like hello it's already happened. It, it and inflation showed up. Yeah, in inflation yet. comes from printing money. Yeah. So by you sitting on the sidelines and doing nothing about that, you're, you're gonna you're gonna you're you're gonna lose. You're not going to lose. You are losing. Yeah, you are. Right now. Yeah, sure. And there you've you been go. losing for a year. For sure. Straight up. So all in all, the virus has accelerated wealth, accelerated real estate values, which I was wrong about, um, tanked real estate or uh, tanked mortgage rates, which just is creating a frenzy, accelerating real estate values even more. Mm-hmm. These could be permanent changes by real estate. <laughs> we'll find out. Love it. Done.